Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. Worship to the Lord, and some of the things that we said in our songs were that He's faithful, God is good, how great, how great, how great is our God, He's worthy, He's our Savior, He's our risen King, there's so much that we sang there, and things I didn't even write down in my hand, but there's, there's more, but uh, God is an awesome God, and thank you for being willing to show up this morning and be here. Um, because of how awesome God is. For those of you who are watching online, welcome. I suspect maybe it's a few more than usual with the weather, and uh, we're glad that you're able to join us. Um, I will say, preaching is uh, always nerve-wracking to start off for me, but uh, the Lord's will be done, and I just want to say a quick prayer myself. Father, I, I give you this day, and Father, may the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. And Lord, um, may the, the deep truths of what I share today challenge us in our thinking. And Lord, may it cause us even afterwards to dig into the scriptures and go, do I, do I believe this? Do I understand this? What's, what, what, do you, what do you have? And so God, may it just cause us today to understand more of who Jesus is to a deeper level, Father, so that we can live wholeheartedly. Um, just like Jesus did unto you, in your name, amen. I hope that you had a joy-filled Christmas. Pastor Matt's been preaching on uh, Philippians and being joy-filled, and I hope you had a joy-filled Christmas that was centered on Jesus. Hope you had a happy new year, and maybe we should say, let's have a joy-filled new year rather than a happy new year, because there is a difference between happy and joy. Um, But may we have a joy-filled new year as we focus on Jesus. As a way of testimony, I'd like to share that I've had a few joyful moments this last couple weeks. Um, One of those was the privilege of hosting a party with family members that I haven't seen in a long time. And just to be able to get to know them, to love them, um, to be able to give one of my cousins a Bible, um, to be able to talk to my uncle about some simple truths about the Bible. Um, Those things were a blessing. And just to hang out and play and and get to know them more was a blessing. I'm thankful for that. I'm also thankful and my heart found joy in my living room being able to talk to my kids over God's word. And then there was one evening where um, we were able just to share about some friends who needed Jesus. And then there was some some genuine prayer that night. It was good. And I'm thankful for that. Also on Christmas Day, I got a FaceTime call from this odd number. And I thought, I'm not answering that. And then I got it again. I'm not, I don't know if I should answer this. I was, I was almost ready to answer it. I didn't answer it. 
And then it came through a third time. I'm like, okay, these people must be real. They want to get a hold of me. And so I answered the FaceTime call on Christmas Day, and it was, it was uh, the Burkhead family from Africa. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Michael Burkhead's like, you didn't think I was going to give up on you, did I? Did you? <laughs> so he, he was going to make sure he got through. And so it was good to be able to talk to the Burkheads this, this Christmas season. And um, I'm excited that this year, myself and my son Ezra and Bill and Jill Sievert, we're going to go March 18th through the 30th. We bought our plane tickets. So we're, we're going to go to Africa. And um, we're going to experience what it's like to be in their shoes, to do ministry to the Glaro people. And uh, we want to bring them encouragement and experience what they experience. I think it'll be a better way for us to be able to support them, encourage them, um, know what's going on. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that just yesterday my kids were playing chess. And Ezra was like, Michael likes chess. I think I need to take this over there to him. And so he wants to take a chess board over to him and just to be thinking about what we can do to encourage them. Would you pray for us? It'll be March 18th through the 30th that we'll be going. I'm not a fan of malaria. It's not something I really want, but I know it's prevalent there. So uh, pray for us as we go. Pray for health for us, but also pray that we would be a huge encouragement to Guy and Kayla. Anyways, that was a, a blessing as well of Christmas. And one last one this past week. We went to Winter Blast, which is our... our uh, Winter retreat for high school students. You can shoot the picture up on the screen. And here's, we had 14 students, high school students go. Quite a few didn't show up at the end or couldn't go for whatever reason. Um, That was kind of discouraging, but I feel like God said, we're going to take these 14 students. And um, I was excited to talk about what's your definition of being a disciple? What's the definition of a discipled person? And so it was so cool to see them writing out their thoughts and then sharing it with others in the group. And um, these students, they have a heart to be disciple makers. It's real. And they acknowledge that God's using them to make disciples and that they can grow in the area of making disciples. So those are some things that were said. And I'm just thankful. I'm also thankful for uh, the fun times that we had. The next picture you may not be able to tell, but that is, we just got done paintballing and uh, shooting each other up, and it was a blast. It was a blast. There's only one thing that could have been better is we would have mixed skiing with paintball. That would have been even cooler. Um, we did go skiing, and no one got hurt, and I thank the Lord that he brought us snow up there. That was very cool in Wisconsin. Anyways, I hope you genuinely have had a joy-filled Christmas season And in light of the birth of Jesus, looking at a new year that's ahead of us, just finishing a book of Philippians, and moving into a teaching series on prayer, I felt that it's right to talk about your view of Jesus. How do you see Jesus? And I want to admit to you that I have grown in my own understanding of Jesus. And I hope that after today you might grow as well in your understanding of who Jesus is. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so I hope that's what we do today. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Here's a question for you. 
When you think of Jesus, do you see Jesus as God or do you see Jesus as man? Jesus is both. Okay? But when you think of Jesus, what camp do you usually place him in? Jesus is God or Jesus is man? We have a small group here today, so go ahead and turn to the person next to you and tell them what camp you lie in most of the time when you think of Jesus and tell them why you think that. Go ahead. May there be some conversation. Find out what Patty's thinking. Well, the truth is, Jesus is fully God and Jesus is fully man. And so I'm going to read off some Bible verses. You may need a pen to write these down because I'm not going to wait for you to turn to them and I didn't put them on the screen for you, so sorry. But I'm going to read them to you and if you want to write them down, go ahead. If you want a copy of them later, I can give that to you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, where we've been in Philippians. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature God. I mean, it pretty much could just say Jesus is God. But he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant. So he goes, we we hear very nature of God, very nature of servant. Being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and, be okay, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So in those verses there, we see Jesus is God, yet he did not consider his nature of being God something to be grasped. He humbled himself to become a servant, and he became a man. Just like you and me, a human. John 1, 1 through 3. And then verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm going to say that again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Referring to the Word. Referring to He is part of creation. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And then in verse 14, uh uh-oh, I forgot to write verse 14 down. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And I think it says even more than that. But the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. So we could replace Word with Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Through Jesus, all things were made. Without Jesus... Nothing was made that has been made. Jesus. Jesus. The word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Made his home among us. I'll just tell you this Christmas season that has really hit me. That Jesus made his home among us. He didn't hang out in heaven. And say, I love you. Here's the truth. But instead, he chose to come into this big bad world 
to live among us, to live with us, to interact with us, to be a man like you and me. Today's message is the fact that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And this Christmas, he, I mean, we celebrate the fact that he became a man. 1 John 4, 2, he became a man. He existed before, but he became a man. 1 John 4, 2, this is how you recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come. He existed, he was, has always been, he is creator, and he has come in the flesh. That, that spirit is from God. Colossians 2.9, for it is Christ, for in Christ, I'm sorry, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. He's fully God, bodily form and man. Hebrews 1.3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Hebrews 2.9, since the children have flesh and blood, he, Jesus, too, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. And I know that there are so many more verses that I have not read that express the truth that Jesus is fully God and Jesus is fully man. I want to tell you, though, that I so often in my mind think of Jesus as fully God. If I had to think of him in one camp or the other, I have a tendency to go towards Jesus is God. How about you? How many of you, by raise of hands, that's a camp you sit in usually? Okay, how many of you, you think of him as man usually? There's fewer. Okay, okay. In my thoughts of Jesus as God, there's no one that's going to be like him. There, there never will be. He's a one and only kind of guy. He was born of a virgin. He's God's one and only son. He fulfilled hundreds of prophecies that were told of the Messiah. He didn't sin. He was able to die for the sins of the world because he was without sin. He performed miracles which are of God. And I used to think, this one's going to be a challenging one, and maybe the ones that are going to challenge you and maybe cause you to dig a little bit deeper. And I used to think, Jesus being God, he knows all things. Let me say that one again. And I used to think that Jesus being God, he knows all all things. But as I read the Gospels, I'm wondering if I'm wrong in my understanding of Jesus in that way, in his humanity. That Jesus doesn't know all things in his humanity. And I hope there's some of you that are just going like, I don't know if I agree with you. I'm sure this is going on. I will tell you that this sermon has been really hard because I'm like, do I want to say that? <laughs> do I really believe that? Is this what I think? From Scripture, is this what I understand? And so I hope you just dig on your own to figure out Jesus is fully man. So him being fully man, did he know everything? We have some things to think about. What are some realities of the fact that Jesus 
is fully man. I want us to look at some of those realities, but I also will get to the idea of did Jesus know all things? Uh, Number one, if you're fully man, you're a sinner, right? But according to Scripture, Jesus wasn't a sinner. And so hear me on that. Jesus was tempted in every way, yet was without sin. Okay? Yes, he was, he, was, he was fully man, but he was a different man. He did not sin. Adam, sinner, brought sin into the world, brought the law into the world. Adam, the first Adam, that's what he brought is sin. He was placed in a perfect Garden of Eden. Perfect relationship is Adam. And he chooses to go against God. He chooses to disobey. And then we have Jesus placed, as I said before, in this big bad world, in sinful world around you and me amongst evil and wickedness. The Bible says that we are enemies to God before we were saved. Enemies to God. Yet Jesus chose... Jesus chose to live a sinless life, a perfect life. Luke 1, 34 and 35. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born, to be born will be called the Son of God. I read that verse because I believe that that's the answer to how did Jesus... How could Jesus be a man and yet not be a sinner? Well, it's because he had a miraculous birth. Born of a virgin. Holy Spirit, Son of God, placed inside of Mary. That's how I believe that's, that, that's possible. Hebrews four fourteen and 15. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest which is Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weak, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, yet was without sin. Jesus tempted in every way, yet was without sin. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. As human. Without sin, Jesus had unity with the Father. His relationship wasn't broken like we experience. And like Adam and Eve experienced. But as I shared before, yeah, Jesus, without sin, had this great relationship with the Father. Okay, now I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 3 and and 4. Luke 3 and 4. So realities of Jesus being a human, yes, he's human, but he's without sin because of his miraculous birth and his choice to live righteous. Luke chapter 3, Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 3. 
some other realities about Jesus from chapter 3 and chapter 4. Look at verse 21 through 23. When all the people were baptized, were being baptized, are you with me? Luke chapter 3, verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus was about 30 years old. When he began his ministry, he was a son, so it was thought, of Joseph. And then I'm going to skip all of Joseph's lineage here and go to chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Also look at verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. goes on to talk about the Spirit again amongst him, anointing him. I want us to see some other things about Jesus and his humanity. Jesus was hungry. We get hungry. Jesus was hungry. Jesus, if you look at John chapter 4, Jesus, after his travels, was thirsty and tired. Jesus got tired. Jesus is thirsty. Jesus is hungry. Jesus is fully human like you and I are human. I want us to see these things. Jesus, in, in, in verse chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, verse 21 It says, as he was praying, heaven was opened. Another interesting fact about Jesus and the reality of him being human is he prayed. Um, If he's God, why does he need to pray? If he has all things under control, knows all things, why does he need this relationship? But he's fully human, and I believe just like you and I shall I say, have this need for God the Father. Jesus, too, had this relationship with his Father. Okay? And he chose to live in an obedient, faithful relationship to the Father, unlike the first Adam and unlike you and me. I want us to realize today that even in Jesus' humanity, he lived a perfect life relationship with the father and he's an example of the way we should live in jesus humanity he showed us what it's like to live in a perfect relationship with god and it involves prayer and we would have to go through matthew mark luke and john the gospels to see how often did jesus pray what did jesus pray about and you'll see that he pray he seems to have a life of prayer He prays about things often, a lot, all the time, and and many things. And even stays up, the Bible records, he stays up all night um, to pray. I also want you to see that when Jesus prays here, what happens? Heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love with you. 
I am well pleased. I mean, think about that. If you're a man, if you're a person, a human being, and you're praying, and all of a sudden, this voice comes from heaven and says something to you, that's amazing. But I want, to, I want us to see here that in prayer, God revealed to Jesus right here. Revealed to Jesus, revealed to those around himself and who he is. I think that's pretty amazing. I think there was, there was another time, the transfiguration. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not telling you where that's found. But in, in the Gospels, it's the transfiguration where Jesus pulls Peter, James, and John go up to the mountain to pray with them. And as they're praying, Jesus is transfigured into this, this light, this amazing light. And God reveals to them, he says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then he says, listen to what he says. I believe that's what he said, or obey him. And so this is another time as Jesus is in prayer that God reveals. I'm believing... And understanding that Jesus being fully man, he spent time in prayer. And as he spent time in prayer, the Father revealed things to him. The Father guided, led him. Because the Bible teaches us that we're supposed to be in relationship with God. And if we're supposed to be in relationship with God, that he's our Father, he leads, he guides, he protects, he does all of these things. And I have to think, if you don't have sin, Jesus didn't have sin. He has this perfect relationship perfect connection he was led by the scriptures he was led in prayer and the bible teaches us right here in luke chapter 4 jesus full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan and was led by the spirit in the desert where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil he ate nothing those days and at the end of them was hungry and then you look at verse 14 Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So he's full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and empowered by the Spirit. There's other verses that speak of him being anointed by the Spirit. There's another verse that speaks of it through the Spirit that he does miracles. And it's through the Spirit, through God's Word in the Scriptures, through prayer, that Jesus in his humanity understands, I'll say, who he is, what man's like, the thoughts of man, and even the woman at the well. So there are scriptures, and you're like, well, Brandon, there are scriptures that say that Jesus knew the thoughts of man, or Jesus knew such and such. So how could we not say that Jesus knows all things? And I get it, and I'm challenged by this. I just want you to know I'm challenged. Does Jesus know all things because he's God? Or has he set a aside some of the attributes of God and to become human like us, to experience what it's like to be tempted, to in some kind of sense be, there's a separation. Has he set aside some of that so that he could be fully human? And then this is the cool part, so that he can live out what it's like to have this genuine, real relationship with the Father as an example to all of us. And that's where I'm believing that. That's, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm camping. That Jesus, fully man, knows about the woman at the well that Jesus says to her, go get your husband. 
and, and come back. And she says, I, I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right, you don't. And the last five that you, uh, something about the last, you had five husbands. And the one that you are with now is not your husband. And you're going, God card. <laughs> he just pulled the God card. He just, Jesus is fully God. He knows everything about this woman. And that's what I, that's where I used to be, kind of like, oh. Or the man who's lame. And, and Jesus is going to heal him. I think it's on the Sabbath day. And Jesus, it says, he knows the thoughts of the men. And so he looks at the man and says, your sins are forgiven. And then it's like, which is harder, to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk? But so that you may believe, I tell you, man, stand up and walk. And the man stands up and walk, walks. And so he's forgiven. <laughs> he walks. But it says that Jesus knew their thoughts. And there are other circumstances, if you read through the scriptures, Jesus knew their thoughts. It's, pretty, it, it's, it's amazing to me. But I, how did he know their thoughts is what I think I, we need to ask. Either he pulled the God card, he's fully God, and he knows their thoughts. Or is it that he's fully man? And he has this awesome relationship with the Father. And God has revealed things to him. Whether it be through prayer, or whether it be through the Holy Spirit, or whether it be through the Word. One verse that really challenges me is Luke chapter 2. Turn there. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men. Jesus is fully man. He grew just like you and I. He was a baby. He physically grew. But I believe, as it says here, he grew in wisdom. If he grew in wisdom, then he, like you and me, I believe, studied scriptures, grew in the understanding of who God is, and applied that. And he grew in wisdom. And he grew in favor with God and man. I've, I've struggled with that too. Like, why does he need to grow in favor with God? He, he's like awesome, perfect, amazing. But it says that he grew in favor with God. And I have to think as he, I believe Jesus as a Jewish boy, said the Jewish prayers, studied the, the Jewish scripture, studied the Bible, had to memorize scripture I believe that he, just as a full man, had to kind of study like you and I have to study. And I hope this just, I hope what this does is give you more of appreciation of who Jesus is as man. That's what I hope. And if Jesus had to pray and Jesus had to depend upon the Holy Spirit and Jesus had to study the scriptures, then what does that mean for me, a sinner? That I need to do that too. Jesus set the example of this is the way I live life. I need to do that too. As we move on into, into this new year, I hope this challenges you to think Jesus was fully man, right relationship with God. I need to spend more time in prayer. My life needs to be centered in prayer, devoted to prayer. 
Um, I need to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit like I believe Jesus was. Full of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit on a daily, regular basis. And I need that and long for that. I hope you need that. I hope you long for that. I got a phone call. This has been, I don't know, a month ago. I got a phone call. Or, I'm sorry, a friend told me. Let me, let me rephrase that. A friend told me that Pete had COVID. Okay, I'm just going to say his name. Pete had COVID. And Pete is a guy that is my friend and I care for, and I thought, this is a unique guy. And at that moment, it's like God said, I want you to visit him. (laughs) I want you to visit him. People don't get visitors in the hospital when you have COVID. I want you to visit him. And I was like, this is going to be a thing of God if this actually happens. And for a moment, I got scared. I don't want to go visit a guy who has COVID. I don't want COVID. I don't want to give COVID to my family. I don't want to do this. I mean, I've had COVID, but a year ago, but I don't want to do this. But I really felt strongly that this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And so I called his wife and I said, is he in the hospital and he has COVID? Yes. Can he take visitors? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I called the hospital. I said, this guy, Pete, he has COVID. Can I come visit him? I'm a pastor. The nurse said, let me, or I'm sorry, the person on the phone said, let me get you to the nurse on that, that floor. So I got to the nurse on that floor. Can I come visit Pete? He has COVID. Yes, you can come visit him. I was like, I don't know if that was a miracle of God or what, but that was my assurance. That was, that was my, shall I say, sign from the Lord. Yes, Brandon, I want you to go visit him. Okay, I'm going to go visit him, Lord. <clears throat> As I went to the hospital, I said, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm just going to go to his room because I know his room number. Because I don't want anybody to interfere and tell me I can't do this. Because I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to do. And all I felt like I want the Lord wanted me to do is just to go bring encouragement to him, to pray for him, and to read the Bible. And that was it. And so I just said, Lord, I don't know. I know the room number, but I don't know where it's at in this big hospital. But I'm just going to walk as if I do know. And I'm going to take this ele- take an elevator. There's different elevators you can take to get to different places. I'm going to take this one because I'm going to guess it's there. And so I went, and sure enough, it was. And uh, I watched some lady. She's going in to deliver his food. I watched how it was done, the get-up, and put it on. And I did everything she did. I went in after, after her, and I visited Pete. And he tells me afterwards, <laughs> from that time, of being in COVID, that the only thing he really remembers is that I came in and read scripture to him. And that was a huge encouragement to him. Huge. I walked out of that room, thankful that I got to take that visit, thankful that the Lord, I felt, was directing me, leading me to do such a thing and to pray for him. And the doctor was standing outside the door. And I thought, oh man, I'm in trouble. And he looked at me and he goes, how's he doing? <laughs> and he, I'm, I, I'm not lying. He looked like he had fear in his eyes. And I said, I think he's doing pretty well. But he just started coughing really bad. And so he can't talk as well right now. <clears throat> but his spirit seems to be good. Okay. 
And he didn't say anything about me being there, negative or, or bad or wrong. And I just praise the Lord that I had that opportunity. I share that with you simply to say that as we move forward in 2022, living a life of prayer led by the Spirit can be awesome. And it can allow you to do things like Jesus did. And to minister to people like Jesus did. And to lead people to, to, to Jesus. And I believe that we need to see Jesus as he's fully man. He understands me, a weak person. He understands my temptations. He was tempted in every way. But praise God, he wasn't a sinner. And he shows me what it's like to live a right relationship as a human being with God. And for that, I'm thankful. And God, help me to live like you. Jesus, help me to live like you. I want to be like that. And I want to live dependent upon your scripture, upon prayer, and upon your Holy Spirit every day. Worship team, let's sing to our risen Savior and our God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for allowing us to have relationship with you, God. And Lord, if there's someone here who doesn't have relationship, I pray that today would be the day that they would give their life to you and say, I want Jesus to fill me. I want to feel, I want to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to walk as Jesus walked and live as he lived. Lord, I love you. And Father, if there's anything I've said today, that is contrary to who you are. I pray that you'd take those words away. But God, I've done my best to study your scriptures. And I've done my best to bring forth this your word. And just who you were as a man on this earth. Man, that would have been cool to be with you. And to hang out with you, Jesus. But Lord, I thank you that you didn't leave us alone. You gave us your Holy Spirit. And he doesn't just live outside somewhere here or there, but he lives inside of our hearts if we have Jesus as our personal Savior. Thank you for that. That's awesome. But may we live a life dependent upon that Holy Spirit. And may there be fruit that comes out of our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. May these things come out of our life, God. In 2022. And God, it's my heart's prayer. You've been faithful to us. But man, it's my heart's prayer that your Holy Spirit would draw people to yourself in 2022. That we would see salvation after salvation after salvation, God. And that we, your people, would be willing to boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus. And Lord, that we would be faithful to walk alongside of others, to disciple them, to be a true, genuine disciple maker. Help us, God, to be about that lifestyle. In Jesus' name, amen.